Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Why, hello, everybody. Andrew Pat, we are uh, we're back. That's right. I'm Andrew Keys Pat, in case you've missed us over the past week, week and a half or so. Um, we took an extended break uh, for the 4th of July week and uh, needed to recharge the batteries, and we are back better than ever. It is a truth or fiction Tuesday. You know the drill by now. You can watch on Rumble. You can download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. Um, but go ahead and subscribe to the Rumble page so you don't miss an episode. And then, of course, you can interact with us on social media. Pat, uh, how can they do that again? All they have to do is go to any of the social media channels right below our pictures and type in the Coppin Show for you or the Pat Oni Show for me. Very, very simple. All right. So it is a truth or fiction Tuesday, but we're not going to dive right into our truth or fictions um, because we did take last week off. I thought it would be behoove us not to go full on um, uh, Dave Rubin, right? Because I think both of us paid attention to the news while we were away. Um, and I think we have to talk about the best story and the worst story um, since we left. And I want to start off with the worst, because let's get the worst out of the way. Um, this is almost a tie for me, because something happened relatively close um, to me that took national news this past week. Um, the shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, um, one of the most affluent suburbs here in Chicago, along the lakeshore. Um, you know, seven people dead. Um Definitely craziness during a 4th of July parade. And we could talk about all the ifs, what's, candy and nuts, buts, all that stuff, right? We could talk about all the 
things that did or didn't happen, all of the laws that were or weren't broken, all of the things that did or didn't happen. But at the end of the day, it's such a a human tragedy. And and unfortunately, I've had I've had friends that are um, very affected by this. Um, I had friends who were on that block um, that was being shot up. And uh, luckily, nobody was injured in their family, but um, they ended up having to hide uh, behind a dumpster. And and um, you never know what that's going to do to a young kid, right? And and that's the thing that I worry about there. Uh, but, you know, as tragic as that is, um, in as close to home as this hit for me, Pat, the, the thing that I was struck by is the immediacy, even of the people who were directly affected by this, to go to a political corner. I mean, immediately. So I have a friend who, like I said, I actually have multiple friends who were there um, when this took place. But one of one of said friends um, immediately went to, um, I don't understand why anybody owns a gun or why does anybody need a gun in the United States of America, blah, 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 blah. Immediately, like within the same breath of going to Facebook to let everybody know that they were safe, that's the message they wanted to send out. You, you can't even take time to make sure that that um, your personal situation is settled down a little bit. You got to go to politics right away. And do I understand the knee-jerkness of a reaction? Do I understand the the horror, the the tragedy, the fight or flight that kicks in in those moments? And do I give some grace? Sure. But the grace ends when you immediately go to your political corner in less than five seconds after this thing has happened to you. There's a difference between I can't believe this happened and I can't believe this happened. Ban all the guns. We we have become a society that is so wrought with or rotted, really, with the spirit of the age. That this is the response to a tragedy in your own life. Within five seconds. You're thinking about I need to put a political statement out for the world. Like I said, I try to give as much grace as I can in these instances because I have no idea what it's like to be involved in a mass shooting. None. I do have an idea what it feels like to have your life flash in front of your eyes. That I do have. You know, I don't know if I've told that story, but um, I was dating a girl uh, way back in the day because I'm old. And um, I had my car parked. Um, outside of the house on the street. And we were watching a movie. All of a sudden, I we hear this just utter insanity outside. This loud bang, right? And I had this really sinking feeling. So we go outside. Mm -hmm. A person who was drunk and high on meth or some version of that, methadone or meth, um, smashed into my parked car with the parking brake on because I was going down the hill uh, where, where I was parked, right? So you want to either up or down a hill, 
that's steep, you want to pull the e-brake, right? <clears throat> the car literally launched over the top of mine. Now, mind you, I was less than five minutes from leaving that house. <laughs> Who responds to the accident but a cousin of mine? Doesn't see me anywhere. <laughs> Freaking out, right? Like, where where the heck is he? <laughs> um, yeah, it was insane, right? I've seen people literally stuck inside of a windshield. I've seen, you know, all sorts of craziness before. So I get the fight or flight response. I do. But I don't understand is, well, uh, seatbelts or, well, uh, no, <laughs> let's let's settle down for a moment and let's let's think through the personal side of this stuff first. It's absolutely bonkers. Now. I say that to say that that's one of those two stories. For me, the other story is, at least for worst story of the week, has got to be the utter word salad insanity coming out of the White House and the office of the vice president. We have the dumbest. You know, I, I grew up in the era of Bob Dole, running for president, right, and SNL. I'm Bob Dole, right? And I grew up in the era of Dan Quayle misspelling potato, right? He'd be real smart compared to uh, Kamala. At this point in time, why? Again, Pat, I keep going back to who prepares her. I keep going back to how are you in this position, and you can't even think on your own two feet. And then I keep going back to, we're getting what we deserve as America right now. 81 million people voted for that? Voted for Dementia Joe, who can't even recognize the, the notes that are on the teleprompter, not the, I need to read this part of the teleprompter. We have an we have Anchorman as a president. Unbelievable. And we're supposed to have these people leading us through some of the most consequential questions, I would argue, over the last 100 years that we have had to deal with. We're supposed to that. Wait, what? Both of them are equally bad, in my view. For different reasons, but equally bad. With that out of the way, Pat, your worst of the week or worst of the time away. Uh, I mean, the Highland Park shooting has to be in the conversation. Um, and, and since you already covered that, I'm actually going to go international uh, on this because uh, the prime minister of Japan Former Prime Minister of Japan. For, for, yeah, former Prime Minister of Japan. Yeah, yes, you're you're right. Uh, was assassinated. Shinzo Abe. And um, it's interesting because Japan has some of the craziest of the craziest gun laws in the, in the world, from the sounds of things. Yeah, I mean, you literally cannot own a gun unless it's a special dip dispensation, I believe, for hunting right. purposes only. And only right. then are you allowed to own it during that period in time, I believe. I believe they actually have 
like a place in which you have to store the weapon. Right. I, well, I, I believe and, that to be the case. I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I'm trying to get with my friend that actually lives over there to verify that information, uh, but I haven't been able to yet. Yeah. Anyway, in any case, though, uh, supposedly the guy that uh, um, assassinated the prime minister, though, uh, was supposedly after somebody else. Supposedly. I'm not buying it, but um, and, and the guy that he was supposedly after was conveniently not there. And the prime minister was. So. Mm-hmm. No. And it's like I said, not buying it, but so so I mean that was that was I mean he was obviously a an ally of the United States. Um, he was one of the few world leaders that that uh, was at least friendly with Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was an like, ultra nationalist, right? Asia's Trump, right? And it, so, except for he is one of the most consequential leaders in the Indo-Pacific region in our lifetimes. Because let's think about this, Pat. What did he end up doing as a prime minister? Yes, he did strengthen Japan, right? Definitely strengthened Japan. Did he believe in Japan's um, self-defense? Yes. Did Trump support that? Yes. Did they become a staunch supporter of Taiwan or Taiwanese independence? Yes. Now, there's a whole lot of geopolitical stuff there between China and and Japan. Did he um, friendly up the relations with Korea? Yes. Not perfect, but they're friendlier today than they were 20, 30 years ago. How many Americans know that Korea and Japan have been bitter enemies for most of our lives? Right. He also brought what other country into the Asian Pacific kind of sphere, if you will? Australia. Australia is now looking not to England and America and everything like that, okay? They're not looking that direction necessarily anymore. They are looking to places much closer to home to forge relationships and bonds with. That wasn't always the case. He did some things as a prime minister that uh, are just incredible. He is one of the strongest leaders for Japanese independence and less reliance on other nations that we have ever seen. So call that ultra-nationalist all you want, but the reality is I call that good news when you want to be self-reliant as much as possible. After all, they are an island nation. There are only so many ways that you can be self-reliant, right? I, I don't know. True. I, I just, this this one really sucked. It, it sucked, and I and it make, made me wonder, like, what what does this do for our relations within the region? Not necessarily just Japan, but in within the region, right? Uh, because because he was really instrumental in in helping forge actual relationships within that sphere, right? 
Right. And so if we were going to stave off a potential war with China, Shinzo Abe and his sphere, if you will, whether that still exists inside the Japanese government or not, um, but his sphere would have been crucial in helping to stave that off. I and mean, we don't understand that, right? Because we don't pay attention to what we do with our relationship with Japan, other than we know that they provide us with cars and well, most of the Japanese companies actually make their cars here in America now because why it's cheaper than importing completely all of those vehicles. But yeah, I, I just, I agree with you. I think this is one of the worst stories. There are three really bad ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, for me, this and Highland Park were probably like like the two worst for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's there's others that you could certainly make an argument for, Twitter being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, speaking of explanations, yeah. Pat, that really, really sucked. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we talked about how the explanation for what what happened to Shinzo Abe um, smells up to the high heavens. Mainly because what governmental setup exists in Japan right now? Well, it's not Shinzo Abe's party that's in power, I believe, right? It is another party that has, uh, how shall we say this, a little more uh, communist ties in nature? Let's just say that. Um, But speaking of stories that smell to the high heaven, truth or fiction, uh, 4chan did not just find and leak the Hunter Biden iCloud account. This was a plant to get rid of Joe Biden. Well, I'm going to say truth is simply for the fact that this was a chip that they were holding or or rather that uh, many political players were holding they, they didn't want to use it during the 2020 election because you know we got to get Trump out right they were holding it until it became politically expedient for them to do so with the Biden administration and with Joe Biden himself there is no way they are running him in 2024 not with all of the recent gaffes and dementia rents they're, they're starting to realize even the New York Times is realizing Hey, this guy's old, and uh, we, we, he's got some problems, and we can't we can't continue to have this because we're already going to get our asses kicked in the twenty twenty two election if we want to have rem- a remotely fighting chance in twenty twenty four. He cannot run. I think that's the that's not necessarily the realization, but that was that has been the plan from the get go. Right, because if I go on CNN.com, in fact, I've done this almost every day or at least every other week at this point now, guess what name still doesn't exist on CNN.com? Tony Bobolinsky. Yep, Tony Bobolinsky, who is literally the person who actually verified Hunter Biden's laptop and the information contained upon it before the election in 2020. CNN, MSNBC... All of their acolytes in leftist media refused, absolutely refused 
to uh, take the time to verify and report on this consequential story. And it's not consequential because Hunter Biden's a sleazeball, uh, coked out, um, terrible human being, right? It's not because of that. The story here and the story of Tony Bobulinski and the reason why this whole thing matters is why. It's because this was the influence issue that they attempted to harangue Donald Trump with in 2016, right? It was the, but uh, Don Jr. and Ivanka and Eric are, um, they still have ties to Russia. And, and what happens when they're right next to the president in the White House, right? They tried that, only not realizing that um, they put those firewalls in place a long time ago. Now, it's not just that. It's the 2016, it's the 2020 election, right? It is, this is literally the, the issue that was brought up. Hunter Biden is compromised. And it's not that he's compromised because of necessarily his behavior. It's because his behavior happened at the behest of literally foreign governments. You just think that random Russian hookers happened to know Hunter Biden or that Hunter Biden just had this weird predilection for Russian hookers? This is one of the oldest spycraft moments of all time, right? The old, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put um, women into positions of power, right? I'm going to put them next to people who are in positions of power or chance and sphere of influence, right? We saw it with Eric Swalwell, right? Right. I mean, he literally was sleeping with the enemy of China, right? Literally doing that. The point in all of this is that what does this do when we are over the economic barrel? So I look at it from that perspective. That's why this is a consequential story, but it's also consequential because this is the same group of people, right, at CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post who told us over and over again that, number one, the P-tape was real, right? They, they told us all to high heaven that Donald Trump was a Russian um, Russian plant and he, he was going to be influenced by Russia, 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 right? Then secondly, they spent the entire 2020 election cycle telling us how Hunter Biden didn't matter and... Joe Biden was never going to be influenced by his son's dealings with China. And then thirdly, they're now covering this story. Why would they be doing that? They have literally spent the past eight years, basically, trying to do what, Pat? Trying to asses. put the Republican Party in the sphere of the enemy right. while painting the picture of the Democrats as the pure as the driven snow, pun intended for Hunter Biden. Yeah. And and now conveniently, conveniently, it's time to use that chip and use and it how against... Do we, and how do we know that that chip is being used, Pat? Uh, because they're talking about Hunter Biden again. and And, and here's the thing. New York Times is talking about Hunter Biden. 
And, and uh, what are they talking about Hunter Biden? What was revealed by the New York Times? What was revealed by <clears throat> 4chan? Because, you know, they're the smartest people on the freaking internet, apparently. And, and they just happened to stumble upon this after years and years of not having it. Although everybody had access to his iCloud. Um, that he had dealings in China. And, Bingo. And, and yeah. what what is what story also broke last week, Mr. Padoni? Uh, that, uh, the big man, um, also knew a little bit more than, uh, what, uh, he was initially perceived by said media. And then there's still another story. And this is the reason why they're actually throwing him overboard. We released 1 million barrels of oil of our strategic reserve Mm -hmm. to china what company happened to be the company that benefited from this uh it was the one that hunter biden was sleeping with no not sleeping with one that hunter biden was a co-founder of Oh, oh. of all of the energy companies involved in China, you just so happen to choose the one that now I will be fair. It is not 100 percent clear as to whether or not Joe Biden and Hunter or more specifically Hunter Biden is still active, if you will, with this company. It is not 100 percent verified. However, as of March of this year, the reporting for this company still lists Hunter Biden as its president and CEO. That's a problem. That's illegal. Yeah. You, by the way, just so people know, you cannot have ownership in a company in which it has foreign dealings. As a family member, a direct family member of the president of the United States of America. Okay. Donald Trump and his family basically kind of had to put it in trust, right? So Eric and uh, Don Jr. had nothing official to do with the White House, right? And they had nothing to do officially with the White House because of that. And, And trying to create that buffer. Now, Hunter Biden may not technically have anything to do with that, but Wait a minute. That's the company that you choose to give a million or whatever, however many millions of barrels of oil to. And they just so happen to financially benefit from doing so because what do they get to do? They get to turn around and sell that oil within the Chinese market, right? What the hell? We could use that million barrels of oil. Now, would it make a bit of a difference? Probably not necessarily, right? But why are you doing that strategically? Why would you be giving comfort and aid to the enemy? Because let's be real here, China is our enemy. They are an economic enemy of America. And I don't say that from a perspective of, well, free markets, right? I say that from a perspective of they don't believe in free markets. They are the enemy of capitalism and free markets. They use capitalism as a weapon against us. So why the hell are you doing that? Furthermore, why are you dumb enough to use the company that Hunter Biden 
was either just barely not involved in or is still involved in. How dumb is this White House? Oh, uh, wait. They put Kamala Harris in front of a microphone almost on a daily basis at this point. Um, so to be clear, you also have to understand that um, Joe is, is not all with it. Yeah, so, 100%. I understand yeah. that. But the people behind the scenes that are making these choices for Joe. Yeah. Is it Jill? And she's just screwing with Hunter after he's screwed with her for how many years? Not literally, but figuratively. So so I, I guess my question there would be, is she also trying to screw, if, if that would be the case, would she be trying to screw over her husband's presidency? I don't know. Maybe she's at Somebody, the point, and, and we've we've talked about this uh, for a long time on the show, Pat. What is my premise of what's going on with Joe Biden? It is the people around him wanting power, right? Right. And it is shameful how they have propped him up, how they have allowed his his declining mental capacity at the very best. And I am being nice when I say that. Okay. I fully believe he has Parkinson's. I fully believe that. I absolutely 100% believe it because it looks exactly like things I've seen in my own life. Okay? It that the, he looks exactly like somebody who has it. Shuffling around, not knowing where he is and then going into lucidity, right? He has periods where he's totally lucid where he doesn't slur his speech, where he totally is with it, and then, boom, within the same speech, he'll snap out of it, right? And, and go completely bonkers. You can watch him on a, a during an interview where he is totally with it, and then whoosh, the glass goes over his eyes. It, it, and he shuffles around. He doesn't know where he's at half the time or who he's speaking with or where he is. Not to mention the the um, the decline in motor skills and all of those other things. But I'm going to say, okay, let's just say it's declining mental ability overall. The people who propped him up are no longer propping him up. Because if you did, you don't allow 4chan. These people know who 4chan is, right? These people know exactly what's going on. This was a plant all along because the Democrats see the Titanic sinking. Not just in this election, but if they allow this to continue. They're going to lose in 2024 badly. And actually, if you look at the Senate, the Republicans have a much better chance of taking both the House and the Senate and the presidency in 2024 than they do of taking both the House and Senate here in 2022 because of the, the way the imbalance works. That having been said, that's why they're throwing him overboard. They know he's done. They know they're toasted if they continue to work with him. As president of the United States of America. And the bet is this. For me, Pat. It's not just that they are clearing the deck of Joe Biden. 
is that they're going to allow Kamala Harris to take that take the reins, and they're going to clear the deck of her because it's going to it's going to come out just how incompetent she really is and how unlikable she really is. So let's let her hang herself, if you will, right? Let's let her show the American people how unlikable she is. She's gone. And we set ourselves for a clear path in 2024. Who that person is, I don't necessarily know, but they know that they can't go with Joe or Kamala in 2024. They know that. So they're going to allow these people to clear themselves off the deck, and they hope to God the Titanic hasn't split in half by then. For the sake of of some critical thinking here, Mm -hmm. because I was listening to our good friend Steve Dace yesterday. Okay. And he had an interesting perspective on the 2024 election and the uh, generational mistakes of Gen X and, and, and our generation, the millennial generation, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about how elections work and how we've gotten to where we've gotten um, due to those generational mistakes, one of the things that he had brought up was uh, he was talking about uh, how they will be able to play the race card and that, that, that they will majorly race bait in the 2024 election. Well, how they do that, you either get like a Michelle Obama or a Kamala Harris running on the top of the ticket. And then you get like a Pete Buttigieg running as the running mate. Because then, then no matter what happens, America's racist, America's homophobic, America's sexist, right? Yeah. No, no, no matter what happens, they win. Do they though? Um, so I want to critically I, I understand the point that was being tried to be made there. I do. Right. I understand it, but I think it's absolute bunk. And here's why. I mean, I hope so. Here's why. Here's the miscalculation of that thought. As they've tried to play that card over and over and over and over again, as they've continued to hype that card, you know, the Stacey Abrams card, right? I didn't get elected as I'm still governor, even though I'm running for governor, which is weird, um, as the non-incumbent in the state of Georgia, right? The Because that was racism, because of this, because of that. As that has been going on, what group of people have become less supportive of the Democratic Party over the last eight years hispanics uh, well, hispanics too and black people to a, a little lesser of a degree okay right. but if you to the point of uh donald trump winning in 2016 you take a look at his percentage of the black vote in a state like florida right where he increased it by double but it went from eight to 16 percent right right but if you were to just take that 16 percent you're six or eight percent at least ahead of where most Republicans would poll, right? That's enough in this majority minority ish type of a country, right? Or minority majority, right? When you talk about pulling that together, but look at what's going down in Texas, right? The the let's make Texas blue, except for all of the counties that used to be blue are now red. With the exception of Dallas and Austin and in San Antonio and in Houston, 
And even Houston is less red or less uh, blue than it used to be. They've made a major miscalculation here. And it's because they've tried to go all intersectional with the Latino population. And what do the Latino and Latina populations of this country believe? That if you call them Latinx or Latinx or whatever you want to call them, that's an insult to them. They ain't buying it. Homie, don't play that game. So I do understand the the knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, they're going to try to intersectional the crap out of this next election, right? Here's the rub, though. They tried to do that with this last election cycle. Right? They threw us Kamala Harris. They threw Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, whatever. They threw us all of the intersectional people that you could possibly put up there. Right? Elizabeth Warren. Right? Right. Focahontas. They threw all of the intersectionality at you that you could possibly come to. And the Democratic voting population said, no, thank you. To Kamala. Kamala Harris never even made it to Iowa, Pat. Right. Pete Buttigieg was the person that got elevated, right? Right. The person who got elevated and then completely destroyed by the time they got through the the second wave of their election cycle, their primary election cycle. He was thrown by the wayside. Who did they end up coalescing around? The old white guy. So while while I understand the knee-jerk reaction to say, well, here's what they're going to do. They're going to try to do that. Go ahead and run Kamala and Pete. Because the American public hates these people. The only chance I see that, that they would have if they were going to do the race baiting thing, and which they would, by the way, if they're going to do the race baiting thing, they're going to have to race bait hard. But if they were going to do that, their best chance is not Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg. Their best chance would be someone like a Michelle Obama. He, but the problem with that is, I don't know that Michelle Obama is going to leave her ivory tower because they've done quite well for themselves since leaving office in 2016. It's not just that for me. Politically, she doesn't understand the machinations of politics, right? She is, she almost cost Barack Obama by getting on stage and speaking. For the first time, I'm proud to be an American, right? People will hang that around um, her entire campaign. Are you, You're only proud to be an American when it personally benefits you? Right. Huh. That's strange. She, she does not have the, the political instinct to be able to win. That's that's going to be my my issue with her. And, and speaking of that, she is a wholly unlikable person. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying if you were going to play the race baiting card, she is your best your best choice. Is she that the- I can think of? Can can you name anyone better? I would I would suggest an AOC type. An Ayanna Presley. Now we know them to be extreme. 
right? But how do you attack an Ayanna Presley, right? Because you say that she's a socialist and she's going to say yes. You're going to say that she's extreme racist. She also has the the um, going through illness, right? So you have to be really careful of how you attack that type of an individual politically. When you talk about the race card, that's the one person that I would consider. Because it's hard to attack. Because she is an ideologue. Mm. But would she be able to cultivate votes in key states? I, I think that would be my question there. I don't think they and care. AOC, I don't. I don't know that AOC would be old enough at that point. Would no, AOC is not old yeah. enough. I'm, but but I'm saying like that type of an individual who actually has the ideology, in in fervent ideology, to go along with the intersectionality. Michelle Obama, I don't know that she, be- well, I shouldn't say that. I I firmly believe she is a socialist. I firmly believe that. But I don't think she can articulate that position as well as an Ayanna Presley or somebody like that. Now, the problem with that is for me and you, they come across as wholly unlikable people. I can't think of one person that, you know, I don't like their policies, but, you know, gosh darn it, they're an all right individual. I, I I got nothing. I have I nothing. got nothing. Because I've never thought that Joe Biden was a likable person. I have always thought that Joe Biden is an absolute shameless moron. Well, remember, he ran for president before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and got his ass handed to him. All right. Well, we are now 40 minutes into this uh, this episode here. So I think it is a good time where we uh, maybe switch gears um, because I think it's interesting to talk about the machinations and where things are going. But it is very clear that the deck chairs on the Titanic um, are uh, falling, shall we say? Um, yeah, the, 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 there's going to there's there's problems within this White House. And I don't know how much longer. Here's what I really believe, though, Pat. They're going to wait through the 2022 election. They will use the 2022 election and the ass kicking that they're going to get on top of all the other stuff to clear the deck. That's what they're going to do. But um, why don't we do this? What is your first truth or fiction for today? Oh, I'm going to go with this. Because Twitter, the whole thing with Elon Musk and Twitter happened a few days ago, right? And where where Elon is is backing out of the deal, and Twitter is now going to sue them, or him, right? Which is which is funny because you can't. I, I don't see how you can force someone to buy something they don't want to buy. But anyway, um, well, because, truth or fiction? Because so here here's how. Okay. Real quick before we get there, because he signed a contract. That's how. That's true. Okay, you can't you can't sign a contract and then just get get out of it without any sort of consequences. Okay, and so the only way that he can is if he can pr- prove that Twitter materially breached the deal, and that's what he's well, trying to prove. That's and that's that's my truth or fiction is truth or fiction. Elon Musk is playing 4D chess with Twitter. 
and will end up getting all of what he has asked for from Twitter and end up buying them at the end of the day because all that has to come out in court. That's not, well, I'm going to say fiction because I don't think that's 4D chess. I just think that's smart business because, okay, so in order for you to understand why I think that this is just smart business is this. You have to understand what took place when Elon Musk began to buy Twitter because two things happened simultaneously, okay? Number one, Elon Musk began to buy shares, okay? But number two, as he was buying shares there, he began to take shares out of Tesla, okay? As Tesla was starting to decline, he took about $7 billion of his own stock out. He got out while the getting was good in Tesla, okay? Now, knowing that the rest of his stock in Tesla has taken an absolute pounding, just like everybody else's has in the last six months, okay? Why? Because supply chain issues, issues with the truck and some other mechanical stuff and, and all that stuff, right? Okay, all those things going on. His value in Tesla is way less than it used to be, right? So he's got $7 billion sitting there. $7 billion that he took out. This is always about business with him. Why would I pay $44 billion for something that I can get for 20 right? But, but in order for him to not want to overpay, he can't be over-leveraged in Tesla either. So this is as much about his pocketbook and the bottom line of business as it is about playing 4D chess. This isn't 4D chess. This is just business. This is just smart business. This is a businessman understanding business and saying, wait a second, your product is not, you can't prove to me that your product is worth what you told me it was worth, right? You told me that less than 5% of Twitter users are bots. Okay, so that means I'm dealing with what? 300 million accounts, let's just say, that are real versus, you know, 500,000 that aren't. But what if that was 25%, which is an estimate that some other people did. So of 300 million, you've got what percentage, right? You know, 25% of that is a big deal. It changes the business model. And I saw a great tweet yesterday about this very situation. And I think I, I think I retweeted it. So let me just take a look at that real quick, Pat. But, um, let me just see if I can find it real quick. I don't know if I did. Shoot. Um, give me a second here. Sorry. My uh, Twitter is being weird. Give me one second. But there was a tweet in which um, a person found a bot account or 20 of them. And... Um, Oh, let me see if I can find it. Sorry, guys. Um, but they so basically what they ended up finding was that um that there were like 20 or 30 accounts that literally were talking about the ERs and COVID, right? So if that is the case, Pat, if we can find those that easily, 
it changes the business model because we're talking about Twitter being the public square. It's not really a public square if China or Russia or even political bots here in the United States of America are changing the game. So the value of that that product is way less. This isn't 4D chess. This is just simply, wait a minute, I'm not going to leverage myself against my own business interests. And especially when I don't know that you're being truthful. Now, the funny part is the meme, right? Um, I want to buy Twitter, but please tell me what your business looks like. No, I'm not going to tell you. So I'm backing out of the deal. You're going to sue me, in which case you have to disclose exactly how many bot accounts you actually have anyway. I win, right? I get the that's 4D chess, but it's not. It is simply his ability to do business the right way. I would never enter into a business, a contractual agreement, a, a merger, a buyout, whatever you want to call it, without understanding the fundamentals of the business. I would never do that. Nor should he. That's not 4D chess. That's just business. Especially when you know that he was leveraging his own stake in Tesla to help buy this. So if I can get it for $22 billion instead of $44 billion, I just lessened the impact of Tesla taking a nosedive in the last six months, right? Well, that that's actually probably one of the best analysis I think I've ever heard. He, he doesn't become the richest man in the world by making stupid business decisions. Well, no, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. Like, but but I'm just saying, like like listening to a lot of commentary on Twitter the last few days and, and what's going on, that might have been the best analysis of what's actually going on that I've heard so far. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Well, I just thought you know. Also, you I'll, I'll slip you that uh, hundred dollar bill uh, later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So before we get on to our final truth or fictions, how about we play a little bit of the B or not the B? Are you ready? Hit me. Where? Anywhere. All right. So. Today's headline, Church of England, there is no official definition of a woman. Church of England, there is no official definition of a woman. What? And while you are thinking about this, people, please do not forget a brand new episode of my podcast. That's right, my own podcast. It is It is not going to be like a weekly thing all the time. This is an episodic serial podcast called Reviving Liberty Drops a brand new episode. It is our second path, our second step on the path of reviving liberty today. We're going to talk principles. So check out revivingliberty.com. Again, that's revivingliberty.com. Download, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting application. If we're not there already, uh, please let us know and we'll get there. Um, I think Spotify is the only one we're having some issues with, and that's just Spotify being Spotify. Um Speaking of which, we do know that this uh, this very show has had some issues, but that's because we were switching some hosts and stuff like that. Uh, we're getting it all corrected on the backside, so hopefully you'll you'll get uh, your fixing on Spotify 
uh, pretty soon. But yes, Reviving Liberty drops today. Again, the second of the path on um, the way to Reviving Liberty, talking about principles. Uh, what are our principles? What What things should we coalesce around in a revival of liberty? I, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. It, it was fun to put together, uh, but it is our second path our second step on the path of reviving liberty. Again, revivingliberty.com, wherever you get your podcast today. All right, Pat, um, you've had enough time to think about it. Uh, do you need the headline one more time? Yeah, one more time. Church of England. There is no official definition of a woman. Is that the B or not the B? That is my question oh, to you. I see. See, I, 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 I lean towards the Babylon B in this one. But just given today's climate and given what, what churches have been doing in the last few weeks, especially when it comes to Roe versus Wade or, or, or the lack thereof, I should be saying, I, I'm going to go with this being not the B. Good choice, because this is actually the sub headline. And I did this for a reason, because that is the actual headline of the article in which they are referencing. But their headline was when you don't read the first chapter of the book, but still try to pass the test. <laughs> yes the anglican church the church of england <clears throat> who have abandoned the gospel spit in the face of god <clears throat> that's right the church of england according to the telegraph in england the church of england has said that there's no official definition of a woman in a written reply to a question submitted to the general synod a senior bishop said that although the meaning of the word woman was previously thought to be self-evident, <clears throat> quote-unquote additional care was now needed. I, I, I have a question here. For, for, for those that, that are struggling to define what is a woman, and, and specifically for the Church of England too, if you, if you can't define what a woman is, first of all, what was Eve? Second of all, who was Mary? I mean, you can't even get past the first like page of the Bible, right? Right. Now, I, I don't know about the Book of Mormon um, because I have never read the Book of Mormon, but um, I'm assuming that Genesis is part of it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you sometime, but basically it, it, there are... There are parallels between the Book of Mormon and the Bible. The, the, the difference between the two is where they take place. Gotcha. Okay. But, okay. but, but, the, but the teachings and, and everything are – because the Book of Mormon, the subheading for the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. Gotcha. Okay. So, so – yeah. But, but this, literally, you cannot get past the first page without understanding what a woman is. Now, the Telegraph article continues to say the question was posed as institutions grapple with the ongoing debate surrounding trans rights and what defines a woman. While the new stance has been welcomed by liberal wings of the church, the comments have also provoked criticism, with gender-critical campaigners saying that whether your starting point is biology or the Bible, the answer to the question of what is a woman remains the same. Yes! Yes, it does! <laughs> Random commentator Matt Walsh has a better working grip on reality than the entire leadership of the Anglican Church. Now, Allie Beth Stuckey, I, I just, 
I, it, it baffles me because I can't understand how you can't define what a woman is, but at the same time, you have Eve, you have Mary. What were they, if not women? Now, are they are they literally going down the road of they were birthing persons? Now, I I mean, I'm going to go to this really crazy place called Genesis chapter one verse twenty seven, Pat. Uh huh. So God created man in His own image. In the image yep. of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. How about Genesis? Let's go to the second chapter of Genesis, maybe verse 18. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Then the Lord God said, quote, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. How about um, verses 22 through 25? And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now, now, now. Now, maybe that's where people are getting mixed up. Being of one flesh doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that they're the same person. For all of you idiots out there. Whether you believe in the Bible or biology, whether you believe in quote unquote science, right? Right? Because we're supposed to believe all science. Except for this science, apparently. Whether you believe in biology or the Bible or both. Both of them. As Deion Sanders would say. Both of them. Um... Whether you believe either one or both, which, by the way, my view is both. You know what a woman is. I'm so sick. And I talk about this on Reviving Liberty. The denial of reality is actually a denial of responsibility. And it's the I wanna society that we live in. I wanna. I feel like, I feel, I wanna, I wanna. The self-gratification society that we live in is antithetical to personal freedom. Wait, what? Well, live and let live. Live and let live foregoes one key component of personal freedom, right? And that key component of personal freedom is responsibility. And part of responsibility is reality. And when you deny that reality, you are denying personal freedom. But Andrew, the, the trans rights, what, what rights do you not have? You're still a human being, right? Right. What right am I denying you? What constitutional right do you not have? The answer to that question, by the way, is you have them all. Nobody is denying those. What people are denying is that you get to impose your subjective reality upon everybody else. You do not get to do that because your subjective reality runs counter to objective reality. And more importantly, your personal freedom to believe what you want to believe cannot and should not 
ever, ever be something that you subjugate somebody else to. Let's be clear on that. Because what, what the trans right movement is saying is either you accept my version of reality or you're a bigot. I am subjecting you to me. Now, what about evangelical Christians or the, the, um, the Mormon mission, right? I am not subjugating you to my belief system. I am attempting to have a conversation with you. I am attempting to convert. Conversion is different than subjugation. Subjugation is either accept my reality, accept it, live it, or else. Now, in the, in the conversion of Catholicism or Mormonism or the evangelical Christian movement. It is, we would like you to believe what we believe. Hear us speak. Hear us in our beliefs. You convert by your own free will and choice. Yes, yes. that was where I was going. So you are hearing our mission, our statements. And yes, there have been times in which which um, the Catholic Church or the evangelical movement did engage in subjugation, right? Yeah. It was either convert or die. That was wrong. The conquistador movement was wrong. Because it denied personal freedom. So I want to make that abundantly clear here. That's the problem that I have here is that I am supposed to have to be able to accept something that is biologically wrong, that is objectively a denial of reality just so that you feel better. And by the way, you might never feel better because it is an actual mental issue. It is actually something that is not wrong with you per se, but it is something that has turned your mentality away from how you look. It's this, I wouldn't say it's the same, but it is similar to the, um, the the people who have dysphoria when it comes to how they look, right? They might be beautiful to the outside world, but inside their own mind, they're ugly as hell. You know, you get eating disorders for some of these things and blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm saying the, the mechanism is similar in the brain. I don't have to, I should never ever have to bow down to your subjective reality in order to live. The church is telling us we don't know what a woman is is absolutely and utterly heretical. Now, ironically for me, this is coming from the most heretical of churches to begin with. The Anglican Church, the Church of England, was literally formed because somebody liked to sin. And I must I recognize my sin as no longer a sin, right? That's literally right. the history of the Anglican Church. Oh, Catholicism doesn't allow for divorce, and I want to divorce my wife as the king of England and take another wife. So I'm going to create a church that is literally Catholicism except for this or that, right? There's very few differences between the two. If you were to go to an Anglican church, you wouldn't know that you're not at a Catholic church, 
more often than not. Now, there are subtle differences, right? But overall, they're very, very, very similar. They have very few differences between the two. That's literally, so maybe on one hand, Pat, as I think through this, maybe this is sane for them because they already were founded on the, the, you must believe in my subjective reality over objective reality. Well, I, this, this was founded on sin anyway. Now, the church broadly was founded on Jesus Christ paid for our sins upon the cross, right? We recognize right. that we are sinners. But there's a difference between recognizing the individual as a sinner and the church founded in sin. I just I cannot explain this other than to say that this is an this is literally a repudiation of objective reality, a repudiation of every teaching of every single version of Christianity that exists. And also, by the way, the Muslim faith. Also <laughs> The Judaic faith. What the hell is going on, right? This is why this is dangerous. So I encourage you to listen more and more to Reviving Liberty because I go real deep into personal freedom and responsibility and reality and why that's important in this episode today. All right, so now that we're done with that, Pat, um, give me your last uh, truth or fiction, and I think we'll call it a, an episode after that. All right. Um, truth or fiction. Utah uh, is still going to have uh, legal abortion going forward truth with the caveat that it might be like the the 12 week ban or something of that nature so um i i think that might be where they end up but i i get where you're going with this right because the, there's been a lower court ruling that kind of stayed Utah's ban on abortion because Planned Parenthood, right? Right. Um, I understand where you're going with that. But I I hesitate to say that it's totally true because without getting into the legalese of the issue, I, I, I look at it from the perspective of what grounds does Planned Parenthood have to sue on? And what we have to understand here is that this was a much lower court ruling and I think as it goes up and up, we're going to see this get overturned uh, because what what grounds do you have? Like, I look at this, I look at it from this is this is really judicial activism at work here. This is what that looks like. Oh, Which I don't is. agree with with the Supreme Court decision. Now, if that Supreme Court decision was absolutely morally and legally incorrect, should I have the ability to defy it? Yes, but. What moral legal ground do you have here? Because what they were ruling on was the constitutionality of Roe. Where does the Constitution stand 
on Roe, and they told you it is unconstitutional. It doesn't exist. So, more importantly, where, where are the grounds when the upper court, right, literally strikes it down, remands it to the states? Does the state not have the right to do what it's doing? This is... This isn't even the reverse of what what we have been doing in the pro-life movement over the last decade, which is attacking the actual premise of the argument, right? And it, what we've been doing is instead of chipping away at a 12-week ban or a 15-week ban or um, we'll, we'll accept it except for this or that, we have just – no, Roe versus Wade is an incorrect constitutional reading, and we're going to attack that. We're going to say, nope, no thank you. Well, let's have it. Let's have it out in the court. It's not what this is about. This is about something completely different. So I I struggle with this being true, but ultimately, do I see Utah completely banning abortion? No. Because I think Utah is way more liberal than people realize. How else do you get the governor you have? How else do you get um, so-called Republicans that represent you like Mitt Romney, right? How do you get that without liberalized uh, population in your own sphere? All that's all that's a valid point. Um, what say you, the expert on Utah? Well, so here's the thing. For this abortion, show. abortion was never was never completely illegal in the state to begin with, even with the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Um, there were certain exceptions for it uh, already within the trigger law that was already put into place. Um, what's going on here right now is that you do have an activist judge that was appointed by um, Governor, former Governor Gary Herbert um, some time ago. And uh, th this is this is judicial activism. Now, this is going to go to likely going to go to the Utah Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And this will likely get overturned. But but this was never abortion was never completely illegal in this state anyway. Um, th like I said, there were certain exceptions, specifically rape, incest, health to the mother kind of scenarios. Um, so it it's truth in the sense that it, it was never going to be a complete ban. Um, it's it's fiction in the sense of what's going on with this Planned Parenthood lawsuit. And what they're what they're trying to do that that's never going to hold up in court at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. By the way, I just saw a headline as I was perusing the news this morning. Here, um, this has got to be the funniest story I think of the month, if not the year. Simone Biles, right? One of the most recognizable female athletes in America today, right? Easily. Now she's super short, right? Like yeah. super short. Yeah. Well, apparently she was on a flight and a flight attendant mistook her for a child and handed her a coloring book and crayons. <laughs> <laughs> she is a grown ass woman. And not not to mention she's a world famous athlete. <laughs> what the hell is going on in America, man? <laughs> what is going on in this country? You have live under a rock not to know who to simone happen. biles is yeah 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 uh, unbelievable here's your coloring <laughs> book little missy what the hell <laughs> is going on on Un 
unbelievable. On that note, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Pat, your final thoughts. <coughs> Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And what is a woman? Please be smart, be safe, be kind, and don't forget to, uh, you know, check out Reviving Liberty, revivingliberty.com. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.